Hello and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. The last episode made me do some additional research, and you know how I love that. Additional research on why America will never be able to pay everyone that they've ever screwed over and and give any kind of reparations. Is that kind of research? (laughs) about. That's exactly right. Um, Again, you know, we'd have to start with the Native Americans. That got me thinking about all of the books that we've talked about where one of us mentions that the storyline or the character makes us do research outside of reading the book. I kind of feel like we may have done this one already. Doesn't this sound familiar to you? You know, it really did sound familiar. So familiar that I had to go back and review the episode list. But I I could not find where we have, have done one just on this. I think that we've talked about books and titles that make us want to do more research. So often, I, maybe we just feel like we have already done one of these episodes. I think you are so right. And that is what makes this topic very overdue. In this episode, Carmen and I are going to talk about books that have caused us to do some additional research. So I am drinking our local Yellowhammer Oktoberfest. It's a beer. It's so delicious. I think it is one of my all-time favorite beers, and it's only out in starting the beginning of October and goes through November. I love this beer. That's a local brewery, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, uh, that it's local too. Um, Since we're talking about doing additional research in this episode, I found an article that talked about the six basic cocktails that everyone should know. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'm going to drink one of those tonight, and it's the martini. Okay, so there are a lot of drinks out there that call themselves martinis, but the first and foremost is the dry gin martini. And basically, that's a glass full of alcohol, correct? (laughs) Yes. It kind of reminds me of that time a coworker named Wit told me that only alcoholics drink gimlets. And of course, I drank a gimlet on our episode right after that and called him out, of course. What are you reading? Well, uh, I just recently celebrated a birthday and one of Happy my Happy birthday, gifts, Rachel. Thank you. And one of my gifts was Wish You Were Here by Jody Picoult. And I'm going to start it this weekend. And it's a beautiful cover. It's got a bird on it. Um, what are you reading? I started an audiobook called The Girls in the Picture by Melanie Benjamin. Um, it's a novel about the friendship in Hollywood of movie star Mary Pickford and screenwriter Francis Marion. That sounds like it's going to be a title that we talk about there. That's going to be a good one. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, last the last book I mentioned was Lee Miller and Man Ray called The Age of Light. That yeah. one led me down a whole rabbit trail that we'll discuss. I'm going to jump right in with uh, with one of my favorites, Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. 
It's New Year's Eve, 1984, and Lillian is walking from her Manhattan apartment to Delmonico's for dinner, just as she and her late husband had every single year. And along the walk, she stops to reflect on her life, those she's met, and the things that she's done. And the character of Lillian was inspired by real-life Margaret Fishback. Now, Margaret was a poet, excuse me, but she was also the highest paid female advertising copywriter in the world during the 1930s. And so that's one rabbit trail. But the other one is in the front of the book, there's a map of Manhattan with all of these stops that Lillian makes. And it's a 10 mile walk. That's a long walk. Give... (laughs) Well, you know, it's for the story, and I'm I'm sure this uh, 80-year-old woman didn't really walk 10 miles, but I read during my searches that there are people in New York City who offer a walking tour of this I know, book. and that's, you and I have talked about going and doing that, so... I'm excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now, now, now that it's 10 miles, yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe we need to get a Segway <laughs> or something for it. <laughs> uh, well, my book club read The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna last year. And I just love historical fiction. It's one of my favorites. And I also ended up reading more about really what happened during that time frame. And this book was a great story and stories about the occupation of France during World War II. And some of the characters were based on real figures in history at that time that worked with the resistance. Isabel, the main character, was loosely based on a 24-year-old Belgian woman, and I'm going to get her name wrong because there's a little apostrophe, but I think it's Andrea Dijon, who helped aviators Mm -hmm. and lots of others to escape through the mountains of France. She was caught by the Nazis. She was sent to Ravenbrook concentration camp. But what's funny is the Nazis did not believe she was the organizer of the escape route. So she Of course, because she was a woman. Exactly. So she ended up living through the concentration camp. She actually lived a long life in France and even became a countess. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, you go girl. That's and you know again I read that book by Kristen Hanna but never knew that it was based on a real mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. that's very cool. My next book is uh, The Only Woman in the Room by Marie Benedict. It's a fictional account of Hedy Lamarr who was one of the most beautiful actresses in the Hollywood of Louis B. Mayer, but she was also a scientist. And along with a composer friend of hers, they came up with the basis of frequency hopping signals. This was during the war that would eventually become the foundation of our Bluetooth and GPS. Okay, how and cool is that? <laughs> I know. She is actually in the Inventors Hall of Fame. Now, the the book spent more time on her marriage to this cruel Austrian arms manufacturer than I would have liked, but it did pique my interest to find out more about this truly amazing woman. Wow, that is really cool. 
Well, my next book was The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell by Robert Dagoni. And it's a sensitive coming of age story about this boy born with ocular albinism, which are red pupils. And he's tormented, of course, by his classmates. And he grows up to become an ophthalmologist, though, who helps people with their eyes. So it's really cool. But it made me want to do research on this uh, albinism. So it affects just a colored part of the eye in the retina. It's really most common type is this type one, which is inherited by a gene mutation on the X chromosome. So that's why it's more common in males than females. There's no cure, but there's a treatment such as glasses and contacts. And it was just really interesting to learn something new about the human body that I never that I never knew before. So, yeah. And, you know, that brings up an interesting um, kind of perspective to research because you not we're not only doing research on people and and events and times, but also about science and technology and the human body. Yeah. And yeah, books are amazing. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, well uh, I I put this one uh, on the list before the news. You and I talked about this at dinner the um, other night. Um, Author Julie Powell, the author of Julie and Julia, of passed away at uh, the age of, I think she was 49. Yeah. And very young. And her book, Julie and Julia, really ignited my love affair with Julia Child. The more I learn about her, the more I love her. She was not a beauty in the least, but she never shrank back and tried to hide any part of being six foot two. She was loud and bold and brash and completely unapologetic. All the things that I uh, would like to embrace about myself. Um, I loved her adoration of everything French and bringing French cooking and an appreciation of food and wine to the United States Mm -hmm. and also teaching women how to cut up a whole chicken and use a shit ton of butter and cream and not give it another thought. (laughs) No, I love it. And she blamed the courage of her convictions when she did a horrible job flipping a potato pancake during her unedited show. She really was a national treasure. I got to tell you, she's one of my all time favorites. I just yes. love her. Bon appetit. Well, my next book was The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Okay, this by far was a fascinating book anyway. And I learned so much about this famous time in U.S. history, which was all about the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. But then throw in this cunning serial killer and I was hooked. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot going on in the story. So it took me some time to learn more about it after reading it. But the funny thing, coincidence or coinky dink that I found how things connected was we were on a tour with Neil, a college tour. And one of the men in the book, Fred, uh, Frederick Olstead, and well, his firm, the Olstead Brothers architectural firm designed the landscape plan for Troy University here in Alabama. Oh my gosh. So they also designed, you know, um, uh, 
New York City's Central Park. And then those people also designed the landscape at Troy University. It was just kind of cool. That is very cool. And, you know, um, Frederick Olmsted was really one of the first nationally known landscape architects. And what he did with Chicago in that book where he put buildings basically on marshland. Yes. It was really, really interesting. Um, Yeah, that was a good book. When we come back. Well, and I was going to say, I'm excited because this book is going to get made into a movie. Mm -mm. Now, the book is always better. And H.H. Holmes, the serial killer, he was the first American serial killer, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, this this book had a lot had a lot of good stuff. Um, A lot of stuff going on. When we come back, we're going to talk more and more and more about books that made us curiouser and curiouser. One thing occurs to me, and that is sometimes when we're reading about a topic, something related to that topic gives us an itch. This may not be the topic itself. So when you talked about Julia, Julie and Julia, that reminded me of reading through a cookbook. And that takes me to our favorite author and friend of the show, Linda Olson, and her love of MFK Fisher's The Art of Eating. And she talked about that a little bit when we interviewed her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said that while it's like a cookbook, it's also a love story of life and food. And, you know, I love to read and collect. I just love cookbooks. I mean, behind me is my cookbook shelf. And that just made me, well, first off, I love Linda Olson. We're on first name (laughs) basis. I love Linda. But it was just really neat to see her view on the art of eating and how it was really about life and food, because we really do come together around food. So that was just another rabbit hole for me. Yeah. I really love these so-called rabbit holes or rabbit trails that some of these researching endeavors bring. Um, Because like you said, they do take us in odd places. So for example, I didn't share this before, but Hedy Lamar is famous for another reason that was not so popular in the thirties. Ecstasy was a film of hers in uh, filmed in 1932 when Lamar was 18 years old. And she plays Eva, a young girl who is married to a very unromantic older man. And he continuously denies her sexual advances. So she goes back home to her father's estate and files for divorce. And it's there that she meets a young engineer named Adam and the two share a passionate night together. Now, It is said to be the first non-pornographic film to feature full frontal nudity, a sex scene, and the um, portrayal of a female orgasm. Okay. I don't even know how I'm supposed to follow that one, girl. You know, and and all from this woman who's in the Inventors Hall of Fame, who every time we ask, uh, you know, Siri to give us direction somewhere, Hedy Lamarr is all behind that. But and in front of that now, apparently, (laughs) (laughs) with the full frontal. (laughs) 
Well, okay. Talking about going down rabbit holes. My next one was The Personal Librarian by Marie Benedict, which we've talked about before. So we, we love her. This led me down a lot of different research holes. So the book was about Bella DaCosta Green, who became J.P. Morgan's personal librarian. And what was interesting about that was she was actually black and passing as white for the job. And what was interesting about that was Bella's father, Richard Greener, was the first black graduate of Harvard and a well-known advocate for for equity and equality for black people. So it was just really interesting, that take. And then I did some digging into J.P. Morgan himself and this, and I'm putting it in quotations, library, because it's almost like heaven, the Morgan. First off, when we go do uh, the little walk up there, <laughs> when we go to Manhattan, we're going to mm-hmm. have to go to the Morgan. Just mm-hmm. to, I really can't wait to see it. And you guys can actually check it out online. It's themorgan.org. You can go there and look. It's just, I mean, you just want to go, ah, when you walk in because it's just <laughs> so cool. Some of the books in there are so rare. And Bella, Bell, was like the coordinator of all that. She got so many cool books and art. And how she put it together was amazing. Mm. So anyway, just really cool. I'm, I am going to have to go to that website. That sounds good. Yes. The Morgan. Uh, the Four Winds by Kristen Hanna is about America in the late 20s and 30s. The story centers on living in the panhandle of Texas during the Dust Bowl and in the Great Depression. But the Dust Bowl really uh, is the main thing. The family refuses to do what many of their neighbors do, and that is move to California. And horrible, horrible things happen. We cannot even fathom how it was to to live during this time. Dirt as fine as grit was everywhere and Mm -hmm. caused what was termed dirt pneumonia because you could not avoid it. If you Mm -hmm. had a bandana over your nose and mouth, you were still getting this grit through mm-hmm. through that and into your lungs. Um, and I also learned the term, uh, the origin of the term Oki and how people on the West Coast came to hate those Americans who moved West to better their, their chances. And um, this was also a time when labor unions were highly contested by the owners of big companies, and they employed some very violent tactics to keep their workers impoverished and helpless to fight them. I learned that it is where the song 16 Tons comes from. I think is a Tennessee Ernie Ford song. And one of the lines is, I can't afford to die. I owe my soul to the company store. And I really had no idea about all of this stuff. We spend 15 minutes on the Dust Bowl in school, but there's so much more. And to be placed in a central character that lives through the Dust Bowl, then moves to California and is so totally discriminated against by fellow Americans just because 
of where you came from, it's, you know, reading just really lets a person know what it was actually like. Oh, I know. Right. That's a lot of rabbit trails on that one. But keeping like in history and historical uh, rabbit holes, the next one, The Year of Wonders by Geraldine Brooks, that sent me down a whole nother historical rabbit hole as well. And a kind of a sad one, like the Dust Bowl. This book was inspired by a true story of E.M. or... Iram. It's in England and it's this countryside out in the middle of nowhere, little town uh, with just, you know, a few people in it. And during the plague, some fabric was actually sent to them and it had the fleas from the plague in there and it brought it to this town. And what they did is they were so smart and so um, selfless they said, we're not going to have this keep moving on to other cities and other families and causing death. We're going to lock down and keep it right here and deal with it the best that we can. The The main character, I mean, it's called the Year of Wonders because this, of course, main woman ends up living through it and finding wonders of what happened during that year. So, oh my gosh, it was probably the most depressing books I've ever read, but it was also one of mm-hmm. like, one of like, wow, could I have done that kind of thing? Um, would I have been that selfless? It was just an amazing part of the English history that was so important. Anyway, it was just really neat and and beautiful at the same time. You know, Geraldine Brooks is one of my favorite authors. She's one that every title that I see of hers, if I don't already have it, I I buy it regardless of what anyone else has reviewed on it. And I think I've read Year of Wonders, but I may have to pick that one up again. Very rarely do I reread books, but this one this one sounds like it would be worth another go. That sounds so um, a book that I read recently, One Italian Summer by Rebecca Searle, took place at an Italian hotel, and I was just mesmerized. Once I did a little research, I discovered it's a real hotel in a real place. And oh, cool. I know it's called the Hotel Poseidon, and it's in Positano, Italy, on the Amalfi Coast. That that one sentence has so many beautiful images in it. Does it? Hotel Poseidon, mm-hmm. Positano, Amalfi. Of course. Um, so in the book, the main character goes on a hike to the path of uh, on the path of the gods. That's the name of the hike. And I searched on this phase to phrase. I searched on that phrase to see if that was really a hike, but. Rabbit trail alert. Um, I found something totally different. Rick yeah. Rick Reardon Riordan. I even looked up how to say his name and now I can't remember. It's okay. I'm not good at names either, Carl. Oh my gosh. He's the author of the Percy Jackson series. He also makes use of the phrase path of the gods. And for him, it is 
divine magic, which is a branch of magic that uses the power of the Egyptian gods. So those two things are totally different, a hike and a branch of magic. But I just embarked on a reading frenzy of this type of fantasy usage. And now I'm pretty convinced I need to read the Percy Jackson series. Um, Yes, you do. It's a really good series. That's actually, we've read that to the kids. It's one of our kids' favorites. When we come back, we're going to talk about what it all means to the reader. While it may seem like a bit of wasting time when you put a book down to research or delve into something that you've just read that you want to know more about, it's actually just the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. There are those public announcements that began back in the day. I know that you you remember them. It has a big logo that says, the more you know. And mm. the, the purpose was to provide a range of information to the viewing audience which is very varied and vast. And the whole theme is the more you know, the better. The smarter you are, the better you are, the more prepared you are, and and all of that. And there was also the Read More About It campaign that was sponsored in part by the Library of Congress. These were actually short promotions at the end of a broadcast that encouraged the viewers to do more research on the topic and even listed books and authors that were recommended. Uh, Some that I saw on YouTube were Kermit the Frog talking about learning more on puppetry, David Copperfield giving a list of books on magic and magicians, and Christopher Plummer, uh, love him, encouraging you to do more about the resistance movement during the Second World War. Yeah, and these would usually come after a program that had just featured that. So, like, if the Muppets had a special, then Kermit the Frog would be there, that kind of thing. Um, Both of these were national programs, and every program that every library has ever done encouraged one thing, read, read, read. And we just can never stress enough the benefits and importance of everyday reading. That's right. Read for pleasure, read for information, read for research. And like you have illustrated, it's like it may lead you to somewhere that you never even thought of. You may be ready to make reservations for your Italian vacation and end up at the library instead. And in young adult series section, <laughs> looking up cute stories mm-hmm. about Italy. Think of the money that you just saved. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Italian vacations, uh, remember when I wanted to immediately book reservations at that hotel in Positano? Yes. So when are we going? <laughs> Uh, well, I looked at the rates and we may have to find a VRBO or Airbnb instead. Uh, but first, I think I might try to get an appointment at Terame, which is a local spa, for a pampering that is only 25 miles from home. <laughs> well, let us know what you decide, because after we talked about that during another episode, listener Carrie said she wanted in on that trip. So you can't disappoint the fans, Carmen. (laughs) 
end. The sound of our cheering fans means it's time for listener comments. I love when we post a picture on social media that the friend that people tag friends in. The one that you posted of the carved pumpkin within a library with the library inside. Oh, it was so mm-hmm. cute. Thank you, Jean, for sharing that with her friends, Pat and Emily. Keep on sharing those posts, listeners. And I was, I'm still thinking about Miranda's kind words about the October newsletter. And that reminded me that I need to finish the November newsletter. And of course, uh, I will have finished by the time you listen to this episode. But uh, just know that I'm sorry it's late. Let us know which titles have made you do more research. And what are the rabbit trails that you have chased? And check us out on all of our social media pages. And please continue to like, share, and comment on each and every post that speaks to you. And be sure to visit patreon.com and sign up for one of our three subscriptions. It's time that you take this relationship to the next level. And a shout out to TikTok for that hilarious Halloween filter. That was so good. Oh my God. I post, I was going to post something. And then when I turned into that, uh, that Sally like character from a nightmare before Christmas, I just started laughing. I couldn't even, well, it was a rabbit hole. It was a rabbit. (laughs) Yes. Well, remember the more, you know, Thank you.